Welcome to church. Uh, I want to say thank you on behalf of Jane and myself to uh, our team for caring for everybody here and looking after the church, making sure everything ran smoothly. Uh, they were doing such a great job. We were going to take another six months. Um, but then I got emails from them saying, no way, Jose. Um, so we just want to say thank you to them. They did a great job. We really have a great team around us. And uh, we uh, did not stress at all uh, whilst we were uh, away about the church. I was stressing about the work I was doing, but um, I wasn't stressing about the church at all. So we just uh, love uh, the team that we have around about us. They make things run so smoothly and um, we knew that they would do a great job and they certainly did and we just appreciate them. So can we give those leaders all of that a great hand to, uh, this morning, just did a great job. So I'm going to uh, launch into this morning's message and I'll just uh, open in prayer. Father, thank you for this message that you've given me to speak today. And I pray, Father, not for condemnation, but I pray for a release and a new way of looking at things. I pray that there is a transformation that happens within our understanding and in our minds that helps to see this particular subject in a whole new way. Our Father, thank you that you give me the grace to speak this message in a way that honours you and glorifies you, but it also brings hope and strength and renewed life into people today. And I pray that in the wonderful name of of Jesus this morning. Now, um, this morning it's it's a bit of a strange sort of topic to be able to talk about in church life, and you may be wondering uh, why I would uh, actually talk about this this morning. But I felt like uh, on my holidays, not because I was failing in the moment that I was doing whatever I was doing, but I want to talk about arising from failure because I think it's really important that we need to see failure in a different light than many people do see failure. Most of us here would have experienced failure at some level, a failure that can sometimes cause us to come into bondage because we don't get over the failure and we think we are a failure and nothing could be further from the truth. I want to tell you this morning that God gave me this message in the hope that we can learn some lessons from failure because failure is a great thing to learn from. It's even better to learn from the failure of others, you know, because then you don't have to go through the pain of that thing as well. So I just felt like the Spirit of God was just prompting me to help us to see things about failure from a different light. Uh, you know, maybe uh, there's a different way that we can look at it that can actually set us free from bondage today. God takes things that we could never dream that He would use, such as our greatest failures, and He integrates them into our lives to build us into the mature, godly, Christ-like believers that He's trying to build and construct in us. Sometimes things don't go to plan. They end up in a completely different place than we ever thought that they would. We find it so hard to get a job. We fail at getting a job or doing a job. We lose a game. We fail an exam. You know, I don't know how many exams I failed as a young person going through school. And I'm sure that there are people here today. Just because you fail an exam doesn't make you a failure this morning. Maybe we failed in a relationship. Maybe we've even turned our back on Jesus at some time. And sometimes... Because uh, we fail because of something outside of our control. We lose a job because the company's downsizing. 
They're, 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 they're shifting stuff around. Uh, or, or maybe there's a, a parents have divorced or a friend at school has betrayed us and, or someone's let us down. It's outside of our control. Failure has some powerful lessons that we can learn if we will take the time to, to sit down and think about what we've just been through uh, to help us to come out of it stronger on the other side. Believers, I believe, have an advantage because God's Word teaches us so many great things about failure. In fact, uh, some of the great people in the Bible teach us as much by their failures as they do by their successes. And I'm so glad that the Bible records for us some of their spectacular failures. Uh, let's, Let's think about Adam and Eve, perhaps. They had one job, don't eat the apple. Don't eat, um, I don't know whether they, they were caught on a, a weak moment that it smelt like apple crumble. I don't know what it was, but they had one job. Then maybe there's Abraham who lied about his wife in Egypt and said that she was his sister. Well, I don't know where you go with that. That's just bizarre. Then there's Joseph, his brothers. They tried to kill him and sold him into slavery. Now you could think that Joseph was a slave, like a, a failure because of that. But there's some great things that come out of that. Then there's David. He loved someone else's wife and then he had the husband killed. There's some things we can learn there. Solomon received divine wisdom from God and then chose to live like a fool at the end of his life. There's Jonah who at first rejected God and his plan. And then we see God move and do incredible things through the life of Jonah. There's the 12 disciples. There's so many times where they repeatedly failed to understand or even trust Jesus as they walked with Him. And then there's Peter's spectacular failure as he denies Christ three times. The good news of great joy is this, that Jesus loves us despite our failures. Can anyone say amen this morning? See, it doesn't mean that he he loves our failures or that there's no consequences because of our failure, but he still loves us and helps us overcome even in the worst of our failures. And I love Romans chapter 5, verse 8, where it says, God demonstrates. In other words, he showed us his own love for us that while we were still in the midst of the catastrophic failure of our sin, Christ died for us. It was His love that compelled Him to to overcome for us in spite of our failure. You know, there's two undeniable facts of life that we need to get to know. Number one, life is not fair, get over it. It's just not fair. Uh, It's not fair for you, it's not fair for me. It's not fair that uh, I look at you eating food and I put on the calories. That's unfair. That is like, it's just not right. I mean, Jane was just talking in communion about all these uh, powders and stuff like that to reduce, uh, you know, like build muscle and stuff like that. Well, I, I, those powders and stuff, I stack on the weight. It's just incredible how that happens. I, I'm not sure why that's, I would think that that's fair. Life's not fair, get over it. And secondly, you need to understand this, you're going to lose more than you're going to win. So how we process failure starts to take on some significance because there's some things that we can learn through 
our failures, through not winning at those times? What is it that we could adjust? What is it that we could just tweak in our life that's going to bring us into overcoming in those areas of failure? There's so much that we could learn about life and ourselves. You know, I've discovered that every failure takes us closer to a victory. Every failure takes us closer to a victory. Einstein was seen by many as an absolute genius, yet he never spoke properly until he was four years of age. Isaac Newton, the uh, discoverer of uh, the, the theory of gravity or whatever it is, he didn't do well at school. and In fact, his teachers said that he had a doubtful future. I'm glad that he didn't listen to them. Beethoven, one of history's greatest musical composers, composers, was told once by his music teacher that as a composer, he's hopeless. I'm glad that Beethoven continued to do what he did. Thomas Edison was, said, uh, was once told by his teacher that he was stupid and, uh, and, and was too stupid to learn anything. Uh, and when he began inventing, he experienced failure after failure, but he kept trying. He kept believing in himself. His mother believed in him, kept encouraging him, kept pushing him on and, and in getting behind him. And today he has some of the most outstanding successes in his inventions that we are continuing to use today because he didn't listen to the doomsayers. He didn't uh, just sit on his laurels. He didn't let failure get on the inside, but he allowed himself to learn by his failures. He, He discovered that's one more way that I've discovered that that is not going to work. I'm one step closer to finding a way that it will work. Walt Disney, he was fired by a newspaper editor because, and quote, he lacks imagination and has no good ideas. My goodness, if you're on the stock market and you wanted to invest in, the, in, in what this guy was saying, I'm so glad you wouldn't have listened to that man. You know, like you, don't, you need to just get behind it. Olympic gold medalists, uh, they fail so much on their way to getting the prize of winning the gold medal. And if you were to ask them if all of those failures, all the times they didn't quite get the time or the, the, the score that they needed, if you were to ask them, was that gold medal worth it? I think that the majority of the time that they would say, absolutely, it was worth it. It was an incredible experience, the experience of a lifetime. And then don't forget Jesus. His greatest accomplishment on this earth was in the eyes of the world considered a colossal failure, his death on a cross. And if God uses the, like something that we would consider to be a colossal failure in the eyes of the world, I think that we need to see what God says about how failure is and what failure is all about rather than listening to what the world says because God can do so much more with our failure than the world could ever do with how we fail. The world tries us to convince us that failure is terminal. But Jesus is in the business of resurrecting the dead and overcoming dead ends. Think about like the the people of Israel as they've come out of Egypt and they come to the Red Sea. It's a dead end. And they could think that they failed, that the enemy is about to crush them, that the enemy is about to destroy them. But God always makes a way through this morning, saints. And I am encouraged by that. I'm encouraging myself in this. Someone once said the only real failure 
is the failure that someone gives up on themselves. Only real failure is when a person gives up on themselves. And I believe that God uses failure as an opportunity to help us to learn from our mistakes, to grow, to become smarter and stronger as believers, as sons and daughters of the Most High God. So here's really, I'm just going to fly through these. There's, you might want to take notes. Uh, no, seven valuable lessons that failure teaches us. Number one, failure teaches us about pride and humility. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 to 6 says, Young men in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. <clears throat> There's some great lessons for young people here today. Young people, honour your, your adults, honour your parents. Because uh, I've got to tell you that there's some stuff that they've learned that if you lean into them, your life will go much easier because you can learn from the things <clears throat> that uh, your parents have learned. Ask them. Get, when you get home, Here's, here's a challenge for families this morning. This is just by the Spirit of God right now, okay? Parents, when you get home, take the lead and openly and honestly and transparently share with your children about your failures. Be honest enough to say, you know what? This is something that I, I wasn't good at. This is an area where I failed. Because I, I want our kids have got to see that you haven't got it all together. Our kids have got to be given. That's why I, I, as a leader, I hate being put on a pedestal. I will share openly and honestly about my failings, about my weaknesses, about the things that I don't do well. Why? Because if I stand up here perfect, it gives people no hope that there's no way that they could ever be like that so they walk away from God or, or they, they give up on their, their faith and things like that. As parents, we've got to, to train our children how to deal with failure. But talk to them about it first before they fail. Uh, tell them about what you learned about yourself. Uh, it, it's, is that okay? Okay. So that, that, I've only got the first sentence of this, this verse out. So it says, young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves rather than having to be humiliated by others, let's take this, the, the position of humility first and let God lift you up. Let God elevate you. Let God promote you. Let, like if you're going for a, a promotion at work or something of that nature, you know, let God like, be a, a champion for your boss. Not that you're sucking up to your boss, but you know what? Just be a good Christian in your workplace. What a great place to start. Be a person that doesn't flog the pencils and the rubbers, and the erasers at work. You know, be a person that and actually, you know, you're a good person to be around. You're encouraging. You're thankful for the people around about you. Just in humility. Humble ourselves. Because see, pride is the primary root of most sin. It actually eliminates our need for God and our trust in God. It encourages our disobedience and it erodes our fellowship with God. Failure is also 
a big humbler of our pride. Humility magnifies our need for God's grace, His mercy, His power and His provision. Secondly, failure teaches us about the boundaries in life. There's things in life that will hurt us, hurt our relationships, hurt others. There's limits to what we can do in life and go beyond the limit and we set ourselves up to fail. Exceeding the boundary in our marriages sets us up for a failed marriage. Don't love another man or a woman more than you love your spouse. Don't share things with another man or another woman that you would not share first and foremost with your spouse first of all. Share the deep things of your heart with your spouse, with your husband or with your wife. That's the first, Jane and I, we share with each other. If, we're, if I'm struggling, our key phrase is, can we talk? When we sit down and we talk, Jane, she talks to me about stuff that's on her heart. We are each other's confidant. We don't look to other people for that. Unless we go to them saying, listen, we're struggling with an area here. Can you help us? We go together in that space. Is this okay? This is great marriage counsel here, I can tell you right now. So many marriages would be saved if, if husbands and wives did this. Never look to someone of the opposite sex to get what your spouse, you should be going to your spouse for. Boundaries. Choose to exceed the speed limit, a boundary, and feel the pain of a fine. You know how you, you, you stop getting speeding tickets? Stop speeding. Choose to disobey a parent and discover the pain of being grounded. Choose to ignore our health and discover the failure of our health. See, boundaries help us with our safety margins in life. Thirdly, failure teaches about what's in our hearts. Failure teaches us about what's in our hearts. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you'd obey his commands. See, God knows what's in our heart, whether it's the evil or the good. There's stuff in our heart that He's, he's wanting us to work through and to process. God uses failure to reveal to us the stuff that's in our heart. And we need to have the, the, the mindset of David in Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. He says, God, I invite you. I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden in me. Because sometimes we don't know some of the stuff that's in us until we, we come across a situation or a circumstance. And this is the way I like to, to phrase this. Sometimes God allows our, uh, our minds to be offended to find out what's in our heart. Someone says something and you, you get offended in your mind. God's just highlighting something that's in your heart about something that maybe you need to address, 
something you need to have a look at and do some business with God uh, in that thing. He says, put me to the test and sift through all of my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. See, walking closer with Jesus will help us to navigate what's in our hearts as, as Jesus just highlights that stuff there. Invite His presence and His power into our hearts because as we start to become aware of this stuff, th- there's another thing that helps us. Failure teaches us about God's gift of forgiveness. God's gift of forgiveness. Uh, when we mess up and we fail, the good news is that we've got God's gift of forgiveness. 1 John 1 verses 9 to 10 says this, but if we confess our sins to Him, if we, for- we confess our failures, if we forget for- for- confess stuff that's going on in our our lives. He is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. See, if we claim that we have not sinned, if we have no failures, then we're calling God a liar and showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. With our failure to measure up, with our sin comes God's gift of forgiveness. Romans 5 verse 15 says, but there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But everyone say, but even greater, but even greater saints, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and His wonderful forgiveness to to many through this one man, Jesus Christ. There's, a, a, there's an absolute uh, abundance of God's grace uh, where sin abounds, God's grace abounds all the more. We access God's gift of forgiveness through Jesus, through Jesus. Verse 20 of that same chapter says, but sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness. Aggressive, have you ever thought about the aggressive forgiveness? God's, and is is. is wanting to, to forgive you. All we've got to do is turn to Him and ask for it. And he's, he's saying, I'm pouring it out. I want to pour out my forgiveness towards you. We should never run from God when we mess up. We should run to Him because there's an aggressive forgiveness that's waiting for us. He says, aggressive forgiveness that we call grace. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. How good's that? So good. Experiencing God's gift of forgiveness helps us to go the extra mile to forgive others. And that includes ourselves. Some of you have got to forgive yourselves for some stuff that's happened in your past. You've got to let it go. Don't let it be an anchor for the rest of your life. That moment of failure, that instant of failure, that thing that you couldn't do, wouldn't do, whatever it was. At some point, we've got to let it go and and bring it to the forgiveness of Jesus and and allow His gift of forgiveness to take it from us. Gary J. Oliver writes this. He says, Failure and sin are parts of being human. Yes, God abhors sin, but He can use what He hates to drive us to the cross where we find forgiveness, a renewed perspective and grace to move forward. How good's that? Number five, failure teaches us how to help others. Failure helps us how to help others, teaches us how to help others. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 5 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles. So we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. It says, For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. You know, that you may have been through something. You may have failed in a particular area. And uh, God brought comfort. God brought victory. God turned around your failure and has made it something that you can testify and bring glory to Him through that. You know what, I've uh, as, a, as a young 15-year-old, uh, I, I could have had every excuse to be a, a victim. At 14 years of age, my mum committed suicide. Uh, then at 15, I was raped as a young man uh, by a person who uh, used to procure cure young men for the family. You ever heard of the family murders? So uh, one guy, he, he uh, raped me one night and I refused to be a victim. He got one night of my life. He was not getting the rest of my life. Did that happen overnight? No, it took me a long time to, to process that. But always through that time, my, my determination was I'm not going to be a victim. And today I can help people who've experienced suicide. I can help people that maybe have been sexually abused because God has given me comfort and brought victory into my life and it's my turn to pass it on. That's what happens when we release up the, the, the failures that we have. We allow God to use those failures to bring about a victory in our lives and we pass it on. We allow what God did in us to go through us. That's why I say sometimes, you know, if God can get it through you, He will get it to you. If you need to be able to forgive someone else, first of all, try forgiving yourself. Allow God's forgiveness to touch your life and then allow God's forgiveness to flow through you to other people. Is anyone here in this place excited about the forgiveness of God this morning. It's likely many of us have been through significant pain and failure. However, we can turn our experience of failure into significance by helping others who are doing it tough today. Who could you help with your story? Who could you comfort with the comfort that you have received today? Number six, failure teaches us what's really important in life. Failure helps us to discover what's really important in life. Have you figured out what's really important in your life? For me, it's God. It's my lovely wife, Jane. It's my family. It's, it's my friends. It's this church. It's this community. What we've got to do then is to live in such a way that we have them foremost in our hearts. Because what we're doing is we're actually allowing failure sometimes to teach us what's really important. Because I've never yet, when I've sat down with people that are on the verge of death, on, the, on, the, on their deathbed, I've never yet he heard someone say, gee, I wish I'd spent more time at work. Gee, I wish I'd spent more time at the golf club. Gee, I wish I'd spent more time at the pub. I've never yet heard someone say that. And I've been at the, the, the deathbed of, of people in my time as, as pastor, I've never yet heard them. What I have heard is the regret that people have because they didn't address the things that they didn't realise what was important in their life, that they didn't say to their wife or their husband enough, I love you, I love you, I love you. They never spent time enough with their children. They found work was more important. I know there's a balance 
okay, with the work-life thing, okay? But make sure that the work thing doesn't tip over and it's out of balance and your, your family's in deficit, okay? Make sure that you're spending time with your spouse and with your, your children, with the, the people that are, it's people who are important. I've never, don't live with regret. Don't let that I love you be caught in here when it should be out there. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14 says, Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this. That's my words exactly. I'm, you know, like I'm still in this process. I, I'm, I'm learning this stuff through on my own. Uh, well, in, in conjunction with Jane and, and people. This is stuff I'm working through. So, uh, but I've got my eye on the gold. You know, I've got my eye on what's important. I've got my eye on what's of value in life and where God's beckoning us onwards towards Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. Maybe you turn back and say, hey, I failed in that area. I've been down this road before. What can I learn from this particular situation and circumstance? Failure helps us to refocus on what's important in life. Number seven, failure teaches us that we can get up again. We can get up again. Even if it risks failing again and again and again, we can still get up. Failures are our stepping stones to later success. The only failure we can never overcome in Christ is our quitting to get back up and keep on going for Him. Can I tell you that failure is not the same as quitting? Quitting, you're calling it, that's it, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Failure is, you know what, I didn't do it well, didn't do it right, I failed dismally, but I'm getting up and I'm going to go on. Totally different mindset, totally different outlook, totally different outcomes. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, Though a righteous man fails seven times, he will get up, but the wicked will stumble in ruin. See, Peter experienced Jesus walking out to him as he failed uh, to walk on the water. It says in Matthew 14 verses 30 to 31, But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. And Peter cries out, Save me, Lord! And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Peter, but I'll pick you up anyway. He didn't say, oh, you have so little faith, Peter. Yeah, bad luck about that, mate. Didn't walk away, didn't say, ah, mate, suffer on it, you know. Didn't wear your floaties, haven't got your life jacket on, bad luck. Jesus, he might tell us the truth, the thing that we need to work on in that moment, and I'm, I'm willing to bet that Peter started to think about his faith, started to think, about how can I increase my faith? Sometimes the greatest prayer we could ever pray is, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And keep going. Keep going. Keep on going. Keep on getting up again. Keep on persevering. See, there's some thing, people we can learn from uh, that, that help us to, uh, to see how we can look at failure in the Bible. Jacob. We face up to our failure. This is what we need to do. We face up to our failure with an attitude of humility and servanthood. Wrestle with God until He blesses you. Maybe even send your enemy a gift. There's a challenge. And I'm not talking about like a, a, a kinder surprise. I'm talking about a significant gift that costs you because that's a challenge. 
Joseph, he learned not to compromise with sin. Don't expect justice. Do what you can where you are, even in jail. Moses, Moses, he learned to withdraw, to get away from the trouble. And he learned to wait and to prepare for the day when God says to him, go back and face him, and this time with me by your side. See, there's another day to fight. There's another day to get that victory. There's another day to get that success. King David, face up to our failure. Repent of our sin and take our punishment. Receive forgiveness and then get up and go again. Simon Peter, he learned from his denial of Jesus. This is what we can, Peter teaches us. He says, shed a lot of tears. Demote yourself and go fishing for a while. And when you hear his voice again, go and feed his sheep. And Jesus, what we can learn through Jesus, what the world says was his failure. This is what we can learn from Jesus. Rise again and prove them wrong. Rise again and prove them wrong. See, God uses failure to teach us some valuable lessons about Him, about ourselves and life. And whether or not we learn from these lessons is up to you and to me. It's up to us. Inventor Charles Kettering suggests that we must learn to fail intelligently. He says, once you've failed, analyse the problem and find out why. Because each failure is one more step leading us to the cathedral of success. The only time we don't want to fail is the last time we try. So here's three suggestions this morning about turning failure into success. Number one, and I'm flying through these, honestly, face defeat. Never fake success. Just be honest, be authentic, be real. Number two, exploit the failure. Get the most out of it that you can. Don't waste it. Learn all that we can from that failure. Number three, never use failure as an excuse for not trying again. Never use failure as an excuse for failing to try again. You know that I never would have discovered that I like calamari unless I'd have tried eating a squid. People say, oh, 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 I, I hate that such and such food. Well, have you tried it? No. Well, how do you know you don't like it? Oh, just because. How do you know you don't like squid ink rice? How, how do you know you don't like chili crab? He does. He loves it. He makes a good chili crab. Actually, it's Tammy that makes a good chili crab. <laughs> Just there's some stuff we can learn. Henry Ford said this: "Failure is the opportunity to begin again more intelligently." Great saying. As I as I wrap this up, I've seen many who've been flawed by failure. They've lost ground. They've lost family, they've lost their sense of identity, all because of failure. But more importantly, all because they didn't learn from their failure. What if we changed the way that we saw failure? How much stronger would our relationships be? How much stronger and more integrated would our families be? 
How much more uh, would our sense of purpose be that floods our souls? What could our failures teach us from this point on? Some of you have got some homework to do because there's things that as I've been talking about failure, that certain things have come to mind. And I would encourage you that this week, in, in the quietness of your prayer closet, to say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, can you help me to learn from some things that I've been through to help me to bring glory to your name and see an incredible turnaround in my life that I actually learn from this failure and I don't crumble under that failure. I believe it's time to arise from failure as a church and as a people. We may not be able to reclaim the loss from the past or undo the damage that's been caused or even reverse the consequences. But we can make a new start, wiser, more sensitive, and renewed by the Holy Spirit, and being more determined to do it right next time. Let's stand. I hope some people got something out of that today. Uh, It's uh, something I felt like the Spirit of God put on my heart most definitely, and uh, would encourage you to... Uh, check out the YouTube channel. It'll be up sometime later today. Uh, we had an incredible service on Friday night. It was an absolute rip-snorter, gobsmackingly good. It was absolutely brilliant. I've got to t- Dean's Waffles, my goodness me. Uh, I, went, I was tempted to go back for seconds and thirds, but then I have to get this weight loss powder. Diet pill, that's it, yeah. Sacre bleu, I'd have to exercise. How about we just close our eyes for a moment? There's, as I was preparing this, this message, I felt like the Spirit of God just whispered to me, there's people who think they are a failure. There's people who think they are a failure, and I want you to tell them they failed, they are not a failure. And there is redemption, there is resurrection, there is a raising up that the Spirit of God wants to do in people's hearts and minds today to erase those words, those labels that you've placed over yourself and perhaps significant people in your life have said about you. He says, that's not what I say about you. If there are people here this morning, I want you to bravely, just to indicate to me by putting your hand up, saying, that's something that I've said about myself. I am a failure. And I want to break that off in Jesus' name today. Thank you. Their hands going up all over. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What I want us to do this morning, because I'm not going to pray for you, I'm actually going to make you make a declaration, ask you to make a declaration this morning. And this is the declaration I want you to make because it's what I felt the Holy Spirit say to me. He said, I want you to say, ask them to say, I am not a failure, I'm a son of the King. I'm not a failure, I'm a daughter of the King. I'm a daughter and a son of the living God. 
someone who's adopted me. He chose me into his family. So this morning, let's all, let's all just say that, hey, so that no one's like singling out. Let's, I think it's all something we could say to ourselves. Father, I thank you that I am not a failure. I'm a son of yours. I'm a son of I'm not a failure. I declare over my life, I am not a failure. I may have failed in the past at doing a task or a, a, a circumstance or a situation, but I am not a failure. I am a son of the Most High God and you chose me. You appointed me. You, you've created in me a person that you, you desired to, to, to want to be in relationship with. And I thank you that it's not my ability, it's yours. I thank you it's by your spirit that you lead me and guide me. I thank you that this morning that you touched this, this area of my life and you erase the words from my vocabulary that I am a failure because I am not. I declare today in front of these people and the witnesses of heaven that I am a, a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, amen. Just as everyone, heads bowed, eyes closed, I just want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ. One of the greatest things that we could ever do is to give our lives to Jesus. One of the greatest things that we could ever do is to yield our lives to Jesus. And if you want to see your life turn around, then give it to Jesus. Because maybe on your own, you've made a mess of it. But let God make a, a message out of your mess. The tests that you've been through, let there be a testimony that God can bring out. And God can do that. But it comes by yielding and release, relinquishing the, the rulership of our lives over to Jesus. Jesus can make, He is the difference. He makes all the difference. Is there anybody here this morning, maybe online, you're just watching this message or you're hearing this message, listening to this message, and you just feel like, I just want to give my heart to Jesus this morning. Is there anybody here this morning, for the first time ever maybe, you just want to give your heart to Jesus? Just put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see it because I want to pray for you because I want to see God touch your life. I want to see God move in your life. I want to see God bring you and, and make your life shine like never before. Is there anyone here this morning who wants to give your heart to Jesus? Thank you. Thank you. Father, I thank you for new life coming to people in the name of Jesus today. I thank you that you make a message out of their mess and you make a testimony out of their tests. Father, I thank you that you do incredibly, abundantly, more than we can ever think or imagine. I pray your blessing upon your people today in the wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen. Just want to give you a quick plug that uh, the ladies have got a, a, a coffee morning at our house tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. So if you see Jane, she can give you all the details about the ladies' coffee morning at our place. Uh, don't forget, uh, we've got Mission Sunday next Sunday. Come hungry. Come ready to, to squaff down a, a bucket load of sausages and, and everything else like that. They're, they're the calorie-free sausages, by the way. Uh, they come with a free uh, tub of powder to heap, keep the stuff off. Build the muscles up, that's what it was, yeah. Just thanks for coming out today. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. Uh, don't forget, ready? You ready for this? You've been lit up to light up. You've been transformed to bring transformation. Have an incredible week. God bless.